Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and I see this quite damaging pattern in people's lives, you know, their businesses, their relationships, which is good, bad, over, repeat. Good, bad, over, repeat. And there's no point start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. It's like going up a a big ladder and down a big snake and up a big ladder and down a big snake and up a big ladder and down a big snake. And in an ideal world, I'm not saying that you can't um, change your strategy, your relationships and your decisions. I'm not saying that every now and again you have to cut ties with certain business models or relationships or partners or staff, etc. But I coach thousands of entrepreneurs. I have mentored and coached tens of thousands of entrepreneurs and something that's really common and they don't see it is this pattern of good, bad, over, repeat. And let me explain what that is and then how to overcome it. Right, so this pattern of good, bad, over, repeat is, oh, I'm so excited about this business opportunity. It's going to be amazing. It's going to make me rich. Or, oh, I've just met this person. I'm falling in love. They're everything I've ever wanted them to be. Wow, I'm not going to be alone anymore. Or, oh, my life is so overwhelming. I'm going to get a PA. I found a PA. This PA is going to save my life. I can give them everything in my life. I'll take it all. And they have this naive fantasy of how good it's going to be. So they're immediately setting themselves up to fail because they think the situation is better than it is. That's what infatuation is in a relationship. That's what hiring a staff member and thinking that they're going to run your whole life is. That's what seeing a shiny penny of a new business opportunity is. So the good is too good. And so therefore it can only ever go bad because you've set it up to be good. So as soon as this person you're infatuated with I don't know, farts or (laughs) complains or shows a blemish or is not perfect. You're like, oh, oh, look, they're just like everybody else. And, you know, I don't, you know, they're not this idea of perfection that I thought that they would be. Or as soon as a business model gets a little bit hard or you have a breakage or it gets slightly overwhelming or as soon as a staff member starts to, you know, fall a bit off the bandwagon, you know, maybe they're um, they don't quite do a few of the tasks properly that you haven't trained them how to do and then they could become bad. Then your perception changes because of you had this comparison frame to how good you expected them to be to save your life. It's actually not bad. It's normal. You see it as bad. And then that's the start of the end. And then you get pissed off, you unleash on them, you have unrealistic expectations of them, this fantasy is gone, and then it's the start of it turning into over, and then it becomes over, uh, and they move on, or you fall out, or you have to get rid of them, or they get rid of you, 
And then what do you do? You go exactly back into that pattern and you repeat the process again. Oh, they were shit when you were saying six months ago that they were great. You know, these people have relationships all the time. They're amazing. They're beautiful. I fall in love with them. And then they're the antichrist when they're divorced. And then they repeat that pattern. And people repeat the pattern with staff trying to, you know, um, have this naive fantasy that staff don't need support, training, onboarding, guidance, probation, systems, processes. You know, staff are people too, and staff have their own human needs like you have human needs. No one was born on this planet to do everything for you. And your staff member isn't born to serve you. Your staff member is only working for you because they want their mortgage paid and they want some food and they want some clothes. And maybe they want a couple of holidays a year. So you have to change your mindset of good, bad, over to break the pattern of good, bad, over. And again, being an entrepreneur, I see so many people, oh, service accommodation is amazing, it's gonna save my life. Oh, I've got a few voids, it's gone bad. Oh, I've got to get rid of them all. Uh, and, and then they do that with commercial conversion and then buy to let and then HMO. People do that with e-commerce and stock market trading and coaching and whatever else. All right, so here is how you get break that pattern. The first thing is when you go in, plan, prepare, do diligence, do research and don't have an unrealistic high, unrealistically high expectation. Don't have an unrealistically high expectation of someone who can, you know, you can fall in love with and they can fall in love with you and they can meet all of your needs and you will never be alone anymore and everything that you've wanted from a person you are going to get because they have the equally their own needs too. Staff member, don't expect them to come in and fix all your shit and sort all your shit and do what you say and, you know, not get any of their own needs met. Uh, and then when you start a business, don't expect that it's going to make millions overnight. You wouldn't plant a seed and come back the next day and go, well, where's my fucking tree? I got scammed. I got conned. There's no fucking tree. It's been 24 hours. Where's my fucking tree? Of course, that's not realistic. Hi, it's Rob here interrupting you with something you may not know about me. I was one of the few people on the planet hand-selected by Facebook to pilot their new supporter program. It's a very small premium model where you can get exclusive content and advance notice or discount of new products and services. So this is what I've done for you. Not only can you get best discounts for any training that we might run, not only do you get notified first of any launches we do, we also do supporter meetups, supporter dinners, supporter WhatsApp groups where you have a, a deeper community. I do supporter only ask me anythings. I do supporter only content and podcasts. We have a community of 2,500 supporters and I'd love to give you the chance to be one of those. I believe this is the best supporter program in the whole world. Find me a better one, but I don't think you will. So the link is bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. I believe the gap between free content and paid content is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a lot of free content out there that's maybe not that good. And for just a few dollars a month, you can get the best content on business, on entrepreneurship, on starting up, on scaling up, on sales, on marketing, on the mindset of being an entrepreneur. So go to bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R right now. So step one to, to go from not good, bad, over is to start with realistic expectation. 
So um, enjoying being single for a good amount of time so that you're happy with yourself. Or onboarding your staff member, writing proper systems and training and manuals and having regular meetings and catch-ups with them and allowing them to fail and to make some mistakes and letting go of your tasks progressively and incrementally instead of dumping your whole life on them. And believe you me, when it comes to hiring staff, especially PAs, I've made all those mistakes. So I'm not judging because I've been there. I just see that pattern played out a lot by others. So, for example, the last three PAs I've hired, uh, you know, my relationship has got better and better with my PAs. And what I used to initially do is go, there's my life, have it. Mark's the opposite. He's like, no, you're not having anything and you've got to build trust. So they kind of not have enough to do. But with me, I'm like, there's my life. And now I will drip feed them work uh, on a, um, a consistent incremental basis. I will see my job is to serve them and make them happy and keep them happy as much as they see that as their job. I will look at them to be a partner, not a, an employee or a, a subordinate. And I will try to have regular um, meetings and meetups with them, uh, make sure that they're okay, make sure that I teach them and train them properly. And when they make mistakes, um, for, for the first three to six months, I was taught by a mentor of mine that really you've got to forgive and allow mistakes and you can't really um, you know, unleash onto people uh, unless they've been given six or seven chances and the mistake is, you know, really bad. But really, you've got to take the responsibility for them in that if they make mistakes, it's on you. And of course, that's hard to do because you want to be rescued and you're overwhelmed and you, you need support and you've got too much to do when you're drowning and no one is actually helping you and their job is supposed to be to help you and then you end up helping them. But this is the reality. So start any business model or relationship or staff member or system or process or partnership as realistically, how's this gonna work? Don't expect it to be a miracle. Expect it to take me where I wanna go, but equally expect the challenges. Expect to have to add value and do work and support and grow yourself and not just them. And if you want your needs met, you've equally got to meet their needs in return. And then what happens is you don't have this unrealistic expectation to then fall from. Uh, and, you know, most unhappiness, they say comparison is the thief of joy. I would say context is vital. So the bigger the gap between the reality and your expectation, the worse it's going to be for you, the more unhappy and frustrated and angry and overwhelmed you're going to be. And the bigger the drop but, uh, and the quicker the time between good, bad and over. Right, bad. People don't just turn bad. Okay, so sometimes you made a hire mistake, a dating mistake, or a strategic mistake in your business model, sometimes. So if it went from good to bad to over, the bad wasn't their fault if you made the mistake and you've got to own what you did wrong to change that next time to make a better decision. So it might be, why did I get into it in the first place? What needs were I looking to get met? Um, you know, maybe I was in a place of vulnerability. Maybe I was a bit rash. Maybe I didn't do my diligence and research. And take responsibility for your, yourself when it goes bad. Now, it might not end up being your fault, but if you own the responsibility of it going bad and not just saying it's them, because you know these people who have best friend and then they fall out, then best friend and then they fall out, best friend and then they fall out, or staff member fired, staff member left, staff member fired, staff member set up in competition. There's one common denominator in that continual um, revolving process, and that is the protagonist or you or me or you know whoever we're talking about. So you've already redu reduced the gap between um, expectation and reality. So it's not gonna go from amazing to shit because it wasn't amazing in the first place, you were balanced and realistic. 
But then when you don't set a massive expectation and there's not, there's not this massive pressure on you and them, then there's, they don't therefore turn bad because one, you didn't perceive that they were going to be good and therefore there isn't this big drop in expectation from good to bad. But two, you expect less and you're more realistic. Therefore, you train them, you're patient, or you develop your business model and you're patient. You build resilience, you keep going, you build consistency, software, systems, training, support, onboarding, etc. So what happens is they go from uh, your staff, your best staff members will end up being the ones that you started with and you thought, mm, they look like they've got potential, but you know, uh, I'm, I'm not counting any chickens and I'm going to take them through a proper process of onboarding and training and support. And they tend to, to, to have some challenges, certainly in those first three to six months on probation when they don't know what they don't know. But the more you support them, they tend to get better and 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 better. And better. So what I would say is instead of it going good, bad, over, it goes average, good, better, 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 great. And then it's not over. And that might be the same for a business model. Like buy to let. If you're in buy to let 10 years, you're going to make loads of money. You know it. Now, if you only buy two or three in your first year and then three or four in your second year, fine. That's slow. That's steady. But you know these people that go all in and, you know, they're buying loads of property and they're doing loads of JVs and they're doing loads of um, rent to rents and they're you know, doing loads of partnerships. And it's all really quick and it's too quick. And then, bang, mistakes, challenges, breakages. They've stressed themselves out. They've put too much pressure on themselves. They've taken on too much. They've tried to grow the tree too fast. So go back over your patterns. Look at how you can change your behavior in the relationships because that's all that you can control. If, it's, if it is on them, fine, but that won't be usually the case. And you can still go, okay, how do I choose a bit better business model? How do I choose a better partner? How do I choose a better staff member? How do I choose a better outsourcer? How do I choose a better JV partner? How do I choose a better software or system or consultant or, or whatever? So hopefully you go from good to bad to over to potential, steadily better and better and better and better and better and better and better. Wow, good, good, really good, really good, amazing. And then they stay with you for a long, long time. So hopefully you find that useful. Uh, and um, self-honesty and self-appraisal and self-feedback and self-criticism and responsibility and ownership for the part that you can play. A lot of people say to me, oh, Rob, or my JV partner, they're not stepping up, they're not doing their stuff, they're fucking about, they're working on other stuff. Well, what about you could you change? No, no, it's not me, it's them. But what about you could you change? Be the change that you want to see. All right, so don't forget, launching very soon, it, like in a matter of uh, days, and you need to plan for this, is my brand new version four make cash challenge. So make sure you join uh, on bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. That's bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. Uh, I've also um, given al already a supporters event yesterday um, for new supporters, supporters only premium tickets, uh, which I gave for free. Uh, we've got seven pieces of content over eight days on public speaking and starting and scaling your business and e-commerce, etc. Um, we've got 25 Bonafits benefits uh, events, features, um, groups that are already in the supporters program that you get as soon as you join, all for just 3.49 a month at bit.ly forward slash Rob Supporter with a capital R. Let's stop the process of good, bad, over. And let's go from, I think the, the key elements here, <clears throat> one, Patience. 
So when you're hiring or in relationship mode or in a new business model mode, sure, you don't wanna miss out on opportunity, but take a little bit of extra time, plan the downsides, plan the risks, plan the challenges, do some research and don't get into bed too fast. Faster maybe than you have been doing, but not too fast, number one. Number two is set the, the um, expectation. And yeah, you know, you've got to be optimistic, but you've also got to be realistic. Uh, and so, for example, one of my mentors, John Martini, he says when he sets big goals, he also does what Tim Ferriss would call fear setting, but he does it a different way. So fear setting is setting out all the things that could go wrong as well as the goals. And setting sort of reverse goals is, okay, I've got this big goal. Um, uh, at what challenges and disruptions and critics and breakages could happen in the pursuit of this goal and planning them in advance. So that's setting up a realistic expectation. That's step one. Then step two is you've got to own it as much as they own it. You've got to support them as much as they support you. You've got to continually develop yourself and your emotional control, um, you know, and your um, the one-to-one -one meetings and the feedback and the constant improvement and the patience and the outsourcing and the allowing mistakes and, and the forgiving of mistakes uh, and you controlling when you feel like you've been unfairly treated so that you can take someone from average to good to better and they can get the right lessons. And then it's about building consistency um, uh, and as such you shouldn't go good, bad, over, you should go average, good, forever. Thanks for tuning in and remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk it. Mwah, I love you all.